Welcome to Cannabis Network Radio. I'm your host, David. Tonight, we have Sarah Frank, the founder of Moms for Marijuana International. We're going to be chatting with her shortly. Um, I would like to welcome all of our listeners this evening. Uh, thank you for your support. We are growing daily. Um, our Facebook page, which is about a month young, we already have 7,238 people that are uh, liking uh, our page, and we had a reach last week. Thank you, listeners, of over 100,000, 111,000 uh, people the show reached last week, and we currently sit at number four uh, in iTunes on podcasts. Um, so be sure to uh, go into Apple if you use the Apple Store, uh, subscribe to our podcast, rate our podcast. Um, all you do is go to iTunes, uh, put in the word cannabis, scroll down to podcast, and you'll see Cannabis Network Radio there sitting at number four. Um, so by all means, please uh, like us, rate us, share us, spread the good word. Um, and again, thank you everyone for your support. We're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to get Sarah on the line um, with us here on Cannabis Network Radio uh, while you're listening live on Podstream Live. Um, we'll be back in just a few minutes uh, with Sarah Frank from Moms for Marijuana International. You're listening to Cannabis Network Radio. Welcome back to Cannabis Network Radio. I am your host, David. We have with us on the line Sarah Frank, the founder of Moms for Marijuana. How are you doing this evening, Sarah? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I know it's been a couple months in progress trying to trying to get you on here. I know you're super busy with things, and that's that's great. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about, uh, introduce for those who don't know about Moms for Marijuana, a little bit about Moms for Marijuana, and uh, what was what your inspiration was to start such a wonderful uh, organization. Well, Moms for Marijuana is a grassroots network of just parents and citizens across the world who are really tired of the war on drugs and tired of the stigma that surrounds the word marijuana and the cannabis plant and the people who consume it. Um, we try to focus on education and raising awareness and creating discussion within our local communities. Um, we also do call to actions. We made a really big quilt to help spread some awareness. Um, and it, I guess the inspiration, I got sick. <laughs> I got really, really sick when I was 19 and I tried everything, all the opiate medications, physical therapy, everything the doctors recommended. And the only thing that helped me was marijuana. But I was in a non-medical state. I was in Idaho. And I saw a need for education. Excuse me. I saw um, a need for the discussion and a need for people to realize that everything that we had ever been taught was based on lies. So I started a MySpace page. <laughs> and I guess, you know, it, it never really was intended for it to become an organization, but meeting the people along the way, it just kind of developed into what it is now. It's It's got a life of its own now. I definitely can, can relate. Kind of the same thing happened with Cannabis Information Network, and I started as as a page, and the next thing you know, it developed into a 
organization and then an institution <laughs> and then it kind of <laughs> went from there and got a life of itself so yeah it can be right. overwhelming at times i can definitely relate so uh whatever um how like when you when you come out and say moms for marijuana um obviously or maybe not obviously is there a correlation to being a parent or a mom per se and a cannabis user um, or advocacy at all for parents um, to help their sick children or is there a certain premise behind the moms for marijuana we're just moms and not even moms we are you know children who have moms um, we are parents we have furry babies you know it there is real no requirement as to what you are to be a member. Um, and there really is no membership. It's just it, you're for marijuana and you want to change the way people are thinking about it. You can join and, you know, you can call yourself a member. We have moms for marijuana and now we have dads for marijuana too. So it's, it's really blossoming. And what I see is that when people, what draws people to us, is the ability to participate on any level. They can participate just sitting in front of their computer, or they can join our rallies, or they can donate, or they can buy you know, stuff from the mom store, or they can you know, submit a patch to this quilt that we made, or they can donate some flyers, or design a graphic, or make a video. It's, like I said, we're just a network. We're just a bunch of people who all have our individual skills and beliefs, um, a lot of our users um, do use for their children and found that to be a safer alternative to the pharmaceuticals. And some of our members use for themselves, of course, recreationally or medical or spiritual. Um, some people are just here because they want to see cannabis freed, you know, and they want freedom. They want to see our farmers able to use it uh, for all the industrial purposes. They want to see people not going to jail. Um, quite a few of our members have children in jail because of their archaic cannabis laws in different areas. And um, one of our members, one of our chapter leaders is from Malaysia, and she's just in it because she doesn't think it's okay to have people executed for cannabis when cannabis is so harmless. Yeah, not so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely can, can understand and relate, I guess, you know, in... in in so many facets, you know, Moms for Marijuana, Cannabis Information Network um, do have, you know, similarities, I guess, um, you know, being the fact that we are direct action advocates that, you know, stand up for what we feel is, is you know, the correct thing to do. Um, you know, I hate putting labels on, on medical, recreational, et cetera. I, you know, as far right. as I'm concerned, you know what, if it makes a person in better in any way, shape or form, then it's beneficial, you know, and the, the fact that you know, the human body has an endocannabinoid system in it, and we need those endocannabinoids to function as human beings, then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's a necessity. So, uh, right. you know, uh, we definitely advocate for, you know, safe use and responsible use um, as well. Um, you know, being... Well, a I like to think that each of these organizations, like Normal and SSDP and MPP and all of them, that they're not individual groups. We are all part of a larger cannabis community, and each of these, like, 
your show and the websites and all of it is just another outlet to reach another person. Everybody is interested in their own different things and each one offers certain qualities to appeal to certain types of people. And we're all after the same thing. We're all supporting and advocating for the same plants. Yeah, that, it doesn't matter your use. It's all cannabis. Yeah, it's def- that's definitely true. One thing, unfortunately, which I have come across is there are you know certain organizations out there that are they don't like playing nice with each other, and I'm sure you've come across with that as well. Unfortunately, I think I'm one of those people that has been saying for years since I started, you know, doing what I'm doing, is that unity and the voice of the people is what's going to make or you know is what is what's going to make this happen. Um, right. I'm I'm a very very big advocate of of unity and working together and trying to bring, you know, the powers that be together. You know, I'm a dad myself. I have two children. Um, you know, I love my children dearly. Um, they unfortunately live with their um, mom and their stepdad. They are, both my children are on um, very high doses of attention deficit medication called Vyvanse, um, which basically is, is speed. Um, and I'm not happy yeah. about it. I, I don't condone the use and, and I object to it. Um, and honestly, if it was up to me, I'd be, you know, medicating my children with with mother nature personally um right because right and that's what a lot of people a lot of moms who do medicate their children with cannabis they say it's a safer alternative to the you know toxic psychotropic drugs that are out there like ritalin and um, adderall and all of them you know and i'm actually part of another network of moms and we're moms against psychotropic drugs but you know, the, the two kind of really play together. We're, we're against this big pharma toxic drugs yeah. that are being force-fed to our children, and it's time for something natural, something safe. You know, when I, when I was uh, last, it uh, might have been last spring, uh, last summer, within the last year, um, I was at the Dolly Museum uh, here in uh, St. Pete, um, where I live in Florida, the Salvador Dali Museum. And one of the docents, uh, it was one of the first times I actually ever went and actually took a guided tour of the museum. Usually I just go and look around. Um, but one of the docents made a very interesting comment. I was wearing a Weed Not Greed um, t-shirt, and she actually said to me, she's like, just think about all the artists in history, Dali included. Imagine what would have happened if as children these artists these these painters would have had psychotropic medication or like Adderall or Ritalin or things like that there'd be no creativity there'd be no expressionism there'd be no uh, there wouldn't be anything their senses would be dull and art as we know wouldn't have existed and you know it was a very very good point that that Dosen made um, about how the creativity of, of not only our children, but populace in general because of pharmacological uh, poison, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> is polluting our society in general. I mean, you know, it, it, it makes people conformists, I think, in my yes. personal opinion. Um, and and it think, makes people sick. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the first to admit that I was force-fed those medications. You know, I went from having depression to having bipolar to having be. PTSD and going from a range, you know, for over a decade, mm-hmm. I was force-fed by my parents and by the doctors these medications, and then suddenly I have an illness right. that is often caused by 
what they cut those medications with, you know, with aspirin. And now I'm really sick. And then I went from psychotropic medication to um, the pain medication because I was so sick. And I was on that for years. And I'm really pissed off. And I refuse to allow my children to go through all of that just to try marijuana. Oh, I I, I can You know, last. Why is it last? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely concur with that because I, I, I personally have never got so in depth with pharmacology, um, you know, taking medication myself where I've needed one medication to substitute another medication. However, I know lots of friends personally, family members, my grandparents, things like that, um, you know, who would take probably 10, 12 pills, you know, half of them to help one thing and the other half to counter the side effects of the other half of the other pills. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a vicious cycle, um, you know, that's out there. So, yeah, hopefully this, hopefully we'll be able to put an end to it soon, you know? Um, so I know that unfortunately, uh, a few months ago, the cannabis quilt and whatnot were stolen and, and things like that. I know that, you know, we contributed a couple of patches to it, and I think uh, we sent a new one over as well. Um, I know, were both of them recovered, or the Unity and the Cannabis Quilt, or just one of them recovered, or, or what's the status of all that right now? Well, unfortunately, we did just get one of them back, um, and it was the United States panel. So the Unity panel of all the different organizations, including your patches, you know, is still missing. Um, we hope that this will unite us even more and bring us, you know, together even more. We have a lot of plans ahead for new panels. Um, it sounds, you know, we're debating right now whether to continue on with the United States panel. It did receive quite a bit of damage. Um, it looks like somebody tried to set it on fire. It, wow. You know, it, it's it's been hurt and it breaks our hearts, but we did receive it back and there, you know, we could retire it and start again or, or there's so many possibilities and we're just all raring to go now that, you know, somebody kind of pissed us off. Oh yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It. Yeah. But I, it did raise quite a bit of awareness and we are going to be continuing with that campaign and with the unity panel and the rest of them, you know, it's our goal is to, um, surround the Washington Monument with quilts. It sounds like good. And any any way that we can help, you know, Cannabis Information Network, Cannabis Network Radio, you just let us know. We're we're here. We're rooting for you. We got. Uh, you <laughs> well, know, thank you. We got your back. Definitely. <laughs> it, that's our the first of many um, unity campaigns because that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to use the quilt for is to try to generate that unity. Yeah. And then by having it stolen, it just. It just made it even more, you know, so many people wanted to help right then to mm-hmm. rebuild it. Yeah. So we're hoping that we'll still get that kind of support when we're ready to begin again. Yeah, it's funny. Whoever, you know, whoever took it, you know, I'm not sure whether it was malicious or not. Uh, if it sounds like it was burnt, it sounds like it, it quite possibly was malicious. But, you know, the end result is, you know, they made an ass out of themselves. Why? Because they just went ahead and built us stronger i mean it's better and brought us together even more so epic fail on their part i mean i know it's it's distressing and it's you know a very 
you know, people that put all their time, effort, energy and whatnot mm-hmm. into it. I know that it, it hurts deep inside, but you know what? I, I think by this happening, it definitely was as much of a negative. I think it more was a more positive because I know personally when I found out, I put the information out on my network, you know, everywhere. And, you know, we got a lot of, you know, response as well, which I'm not sure triggered your way or not, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that, that definitely makes you stronger and definitely uh, makes you rise from the ashes. So I think and that it definitely shows you the unity that we do have in yeah. the cannabis community. I mean, things like that. We had it returned in five days because you put it through your networks and right. Russellville put it through his and, right. you know, Normal put it through theirs and everybody put it through their network. And by all these networks joining together, look at what we did. We got it back in five days. That's awesome. And then, like, so for last month, um, there's the Idaho Three out of uh, Boise, Idaho, who had their children taken away. They're the ones who are pushing the Idaho Medical Marijuana Initiative, and they're getting a lot of friction from the state. And so they had their children taken. And... We raised, within two weeks, by putting it through our networks, we raised over $6,000 for their attorney retainers. And, you know, it's when we have things like that happen in our community and we just band together like that, it just, it's overwhelming, you know. We hear about all this infighting and we hear about all these people who, you know, these groups who don't want to work together, these people who don't want to work together, but then to see that happen, it just gives me hope that we'll be able to band together and pull together and legalize it and, you know, change the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one for sure. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes it takes a bad, uh, bad event to bring people together. Um, so but hopefully that will change. You know, I think there's a lot of I see a lot of unity and a lot of people stepping up you know, at least within my network and, and, you know, definitely within the Moms for Marijuana network um, as well. And, and, you know, I also became a member, joined whatever you want to call it for dads for marijuana too. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I definitely believe, you know, sharing is caring across the board, you know, resources, information, people, supporters, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's definitely the key to accomplishing our goal of, of unity and successfully uh, getting cannabis legalized, uh, you know, in the United States and throughout the rest of the world. Um, for sure. I know that, uh, I think a couple months ago I saw that you guys actually have your first official overseas chapter that started, I think you made an announcement. Uh, no, actually a couple years ago we got our first one. We're in, oh, I have to remember the numbers now, um, about 12 countries now. Oh. And I think we're on five different continents. That's awesome. So it's, I mean, it's just growing and growing. And I see new ones all the time. We had to form a chapter committee to <laughs> get those all going because they were just, you know, happening every single day. Right. Um, we have three different kinds of chapters, so it's, you know, really easy for a chapter leader to start. And the very beginning chapter is, you know, we call it a starter chapter. And it's only online. You know, Facebook, you know, um, right. Iceland had a revolution using Facebook. We can do it with cannabis for sure. Yeah, I definitely have found that social media is a really good, you know, outreach to people and, and you know, kind of, you know, people made a comment to me actually about Facebook because they're making all these changes to like what people can see, what people can't see, so on and so forth. And I've actually found 
the the privacy or whatever you want to call it changes that they're making to be more beneficial because it actually qualifies as far as i'm concerned the people that that you know like or share or comment or participate more because they actually have to take the initiative to to be part of it so i think that that definitely has actually helped in the long run more than has done any harm um i definitely like it a lot more i used to sometimes get complaints that i posted too much mm -hmm. but now it's limited so you know i can still post the same amount (laughs) right right i mean yeah i had to deal with the same thing and as i told a lot of people you know like you know, you sign up, you're going to get posts, <laughs> you know, that's just, right. that's just the way it is, you know, but, uh, I definitely have found that the synth changes have applied. Again, there's more sin, I guess, more sincerity in, in the members or, or whatnot. Um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, take a quick break here for a couple minutes. Um, we're going to be back and I would like to, uh, talk with you a little bit about what's going on in the States with, uh, Department of Children and Family Services and, and, um, I know there's a few things happening and, and kind of touch on that a little bit. So uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to continue talking with uh, Sarah Frank, founder of Moms for Marijuana here in Cannabis Network Radio. Um, and we'll be talking about uh, you know children and family services or child protective services, whatever label your state gives you. We're going to get in talking about that in just a few minutes here on Cannabis Network Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Cannabis Network Radio. I'm your host, David. I'm with talking with Sarah Frank, founder of Moms for Marijuana the, uh, International, uh, this evening. Um, welcome back, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Ah, my pleasure. Thank you for being on. So, as I said before we went on the quick break, uh, we're going to talk about child protective services, child family services, Department of Children and Family Services, whatever the state's name is. Uh, that it gives that department. Um, I know that there's been a lot of, uh, you know, as you said, there was that issue uh, where, you know, recently, there's been a bunch of issues recently. Um, what information do you have about, you know, the cases that are currently going on? Um, what has been the outcome so far? And do you have any thoughts, suggestions, comments on, you know, parents and how they can protect themselves? Well, there's, the biggest thing to understand when it comes to child protective services or family services or children's aid or, you know, depending on what your country calls it, um, is that this is a very common thing for marijuana users. For parents who responsibly consume marijuana, they say, they feel, and it is their opinion that marijuana is dangerous, so children who are in the presence of marijuana-consuming parents are in imminent danger because of that marijuana. And now what we want to know is, how is that possible when marijuana itself is not dangerous? They can say that it's the impairment, but we have alcohol-consuming parents who can keep their children, or like in Idaho, there was a mother who left her child in a car with her other child, and the child found a gun under the seat and shot his brother. You know, people like that get to keep their kids, but marijuana in our society is so dangerous that we need to immediately remove children from their parents. Now, what we feel is that it's more detrimental to children 
to remove them from their homes and remove them from their families than marijuana could ever be. And we want them to prove that marijuana is dangerous. Um, one of the cases I mentioned earlier was some friends of mine in Idaho had their children taken. And CPS actually closed that case and returned their children, you know, with a safety plan that their marijuana would be kept in a safe. Um, but my honest opinion is that CPS dismissed that case because they didn't want to go to trial and get a verdict that could possibly be a law-changing case. And I think that's the biggest thing is that parents need is just keep fighting. You know, um, we have a page on our website called Child Protective Services, and it goes over what we've been told by legal professionals to tell our members. You know, we're not attorneys. We can't give you advice. The biggest thing is to call an attorney, find an attorney, you know, sell your car and get a retainer for an actual attorney. Um, the next step, you know, is knowing your rights, knowing that it's important to invoke all of your constitutional rights. They'll come to your door, they'll lie, they'll weasel, they'll intimidate their way in, and they usually have police officers with them, so they have an armed man right there. You know, you better just do what say you no. That's all I tell them. And they'll people, tell you they have no. federal authority to enter your home. And they do, and they, they they do. They have been given authority by the federal government to enter your home, <laughs> but the Constitution gives you protections from them not entering your home, and it outweighs their federal authority. And you need to invoke those rights. That is your Fourth um, Amendment right, in case anybody is uh, wondering which amendment that is. It is the Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment. Fourth you amendment. also have your Fifth Amendment not to answer any of their questions, and yes. you have your Sixth Amendment to not talk to them unless you have an attorney present. This yes. is for any state agency. You know, it's CPS or the police or a judge or a prosecutor. You know, no matter who it is, if your attorney's not there, your mouth should be shut. Yeah, don't say anything, ever, ever. Ever. Anyone, ever. Yes. And you have the right to remain other, silent. Invoke that right. Yes. yes. It's easy to remember. Just remember four, five, and six. Yep. You know, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment. Yep. And those are your rights, and just shut up after you say you invoke them. Um, you know, of course, make an appointment. If CPS wants to talk to you and wants to see your children and make sure they're okay, and tell them that you want to make an appointment to meet them in their office. They have no reason to enter your home. They have no reason to bring police into your home because police are trained to look for anything illegal. They look at every single thing as soon as they walk in that door, and they're looking for any reason to go get a warrant. Um, the other advice from the attorneys is to prepare temporary guardianship paperwork. You know, have it notarized, fill it out, have people and safety plan in place just in case this ever happens. And, you know, this is good for any parent. You want to make sure you know where your kids are. You know, you want to make sure they're safe. And the biggest, biggest heartbreak of this entire thing is that these mothers are sitting there crying at home, wondering if their kids are okay, yeah. wondering if they're able to sleep, wondering if they're sick yeah. or hurt, you know, and... I definitely know what that's like when you're uh, 
you know, when you sit there wondering about the people that you love, whether they're okay or whether they're doing well, so on and so forth, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, especially I can relate that to my kids. I can relate to that to other loved ones that I have. Um, you know, I, I don't get to see my kids a whole lot. Unfortunately, they live in a different state. But, uh, you know, I always, you know, wonder and, and, you know, if they're making sure they're okay, so on and so forth. You know, when, when my ex-wife, you know, when I had to go through one of my numerous custody battles with my ex-wife she did try bringing in the whole thing well look all he does is cannabis you know and and she tried playing that card and bringing it to the court which thank god the judge promptly just dismissed that nonsense you know real quick and it didn't really create any issue for me but she definitely did try using that card um in regard to i was involved in illegal activities etc etc because of my advocacy work um you know so it does happen. Because it's illegal to advocate for something. Hey, look, I can't tell you how many times I've had people, like, just for wearing, like, a Weed Not Greed shirt or a Cannabis Information Network shirt or a Cannabis Network radio shirt, um, I've had police and other people come to, oh, it's like, oh, you're just walking around wearing a pot shirt. I'm like, yeah, I'm allowed to. It's freedom of speech and I'm advocating. Exactly. It's you know, another like, amendment we all need to know like, very well. Like, 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 honestly, like, I was taking a walk a few weeks ago. And I was wearing uh, a Weed Not Greed shirt. Uh, it was from Crypto Camo, so it had a bunch of pot leaf, uh, pot leaves, you know, camouflage background on it. And I guess I must have like walked through some bushes or something, and I had like some shrubbery or whatnot like on my shirt. And I'm walking in this park that's near my house, and it closes at 10 p.m. But I was there maybe like nine something o'clock at night walking laps but a police officer a female police officer from the local police department shines his flashlight in my face you know and is like uh, what are you doing here i said i'm you know, walking around the park you know doing some exercise she's like out oh, wearing your pot shirt you know and she's like looking at like my and she sees like these like leaves or whatever i didn't even know they were there she's like what's that on your shirt i was like uh i don't know like some shrubbery or something <laughs> i have no idea i was like are you trying to like you know insinuate something uh, you know, and and I'm not sure whether she was trying to be funny, but you know, when it comes to police, I, I always take um, you know a, a defensive position in regard to I'm ready to defend myself if necessary. Um, you know, maybe not physically, obviously, but you know, verbally, mentally, so on and so forth. Because I think that you know one of the biggest things people can do when it comes to dealing with authority figures is to not be intimidated by them. Um, one right. of the, one of the biggest problems people have is they think that they have the right to do things that they don't that they actually don't have the right to do and you know people get intimidated by you know as you said someone shows up to your door telling you oh we have the right to do this and you know they have police that have guns and all that you know like and people are going to arrest you for obstruction right huge one yeah um you know that's all fine and dandy and you know, you do have your constitutional rights, and that's something that, you know, definitely people should, should educate themselves on and, and make themselves aware of, especially in the case of dealing with, as you, you know, as we were talking about uh, children, you know, children protective services or, or again, whatever it, nomenclature <laughs> it's given in uh, the given state of child protective services. Um, but that's great that the uh, case was, was dismissed against the other parents and their children were returned. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, there's, I mean, go ahead. There's still criminal charges that might be possibly pending. Um, and that's where jury nullification quite, comes in. <laughs> yes, definitely. And that's what we're actually been pushing a lot that, you know, there's a medical necessity defense um, 
ruling by the Supreme Court of Idaho. So, it, you know, there is that necessity defense in Idaho for cannabis, um, especially if you're really, really sick. And, um, I mean, it's, you know, like with their criminal charges that are pending, this happened a month ago. And my knowledge of when a police officer finds something in your house or on you or anything in the state of Idaho, they press charges immediately. You know, they they don't wait a month talking about it before they decide to press the charges. So it makes you really wonder, you know, what's going on. These ladies are so high profile in Idaho. They are the medical marijuana face of Idaho. And to have this happen to them, it makes it almost look like it's a political move. Um, and then just recently, just a couple of days ago, I started getting reports. Um, all the residents of the city of Meridian in Idaho received a nice little educational pamphlet in their water bill. And it told all sorts of reefer madness lies <laughs> about marijuana. And, you know, this was an executive order by the mayor of Meridian using funds that she received in office to distribute propaganda with the water bill. Wow. So we started a call to action for that as well. We're trying to get all the residents to send their pamphlet back with the correct information on it. <laughs> It definitely, and, it definitely um, sounds like calls. you know anybody anywhere else can join a call to action and make a phone call to the mayor of Meridian and tell her that she's wrong, and tell her it's wrong to use count or city uh, funds to tell lies and pass around reefer madness. Propaganda. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had this dream for a long time to be able to get a big tour bus and put like cannabis information network on it, and be able to like go and take something like that to a place like you know Meridian, park the bus right in front of like city hall or the mayor's office and just sit there and be like, all right, what information do you need to go ahead and, you know, and we'll stay here until you have all the information you need to clarify this. It's no problem. You know? Um, and I think that, that something like that would make a fantastic impact in so many different ways and so many different places, because, you know, when you deal with, you know, misinformation, propaganda, reefer madness, you know, all the other bullshit that's ensued, you know, again, me being the direct action person I am, you know, I like being, all right, well, what information do you need and how much of it do you want? And, you know, I mean, I remember I got into it. I got into a big debate here with somebody in Florida when I when I set up, I set up a uh, weed not greed booth for two days in front of the state the state house in Tallahassee. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I had someone I, mean, I had a permit, you know, to do it. I was granted a permit to be there. Um, but I was literally right in front of the state house. So basically everyone that's driving up to the Capitol saw this big weed, not greed sign and saw this big tent with like pot flags flying and everything. So an individual who refused to give me his card or name self came out and claimed he was, I mean, I'm sure he was not just claimed that he was, you know, the assistant to like the, uh, children's welfare drug, some, yeah, who the hell knows some, some, some label, some, you know, whatever government offshoot of, of, you know, protecting children against harm and drugs. And, you know, he tried having a debate with me and I, I love getting in debates with people, you know, and the end result was, so why don't you give me your email address? I'm more than happy to provide you with over 10,000 pages of, of documentation that, you know, debunks everything you just said to me, <laughs> you know? Right. And, uh, well, Russ Belleville put out a video that, you know, debunked every single one of them. And cause you know, he's from here as well. So Idaho's, you know, becoming one of those states that it 
it's going to happen soon. You know, the people want it. The legislator doesn't represent what the people want, and they're realizing that. Well, I mean, Florida is um, a good example of, of the legislator not representing what the people want. I mean, there's been a few polls done this year already, you know, here in Florida, that, you know, the people, over 80% of the people want legalization in some form or another um, in the state of Florida. And, you know, we put we put a bill in this year, the Kathy Jordan Medical Cannabis Act, um, very well written bill. It covered everything. It dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. It, you know, it answered every question and, and, and anything they could have put out there was answered clearly. And the bill just never got a hearing. It got shelved. It just, you know, never materialized. And, you know, the people still are speaking and saying, hey, we want it. You know, we want cannabis legal at least for medicinal use in the state of Florida. And, you know, they don't care, <laughs> you know, they even went, even right. went to the extent of starting July 1st, they're closing all the head shops in the state of Florida. So they're, so right. they're closing 500, you know, businesses, putting 40,000 people out of work, um, you know, because they feel that closing head shops are going to, you know, it's going to stop people from <laughs> do from, something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, President Obama, you know, he's had so many town halls where he's asked the public what they think, but he either just laughs or ignores, you know, the marijuana questions, even though they are the most popular throughout the nation. Truth. You know, every single time, every single question and every single category yep. is about marijuana yep. or cannabis. And they are just you know, they're ignoring for a while, but at the same time fighting back um, in different outlets. And it's, they know. They know it's only a matter of time. They hear what the people want, and they're ignoring us. So we just need to be a little bit louder. Well, that's why I always say that. Louder until they can't. Yeah, that's why I say unity and the power really lies in the hands of the people. And that's why, you know, I'm with you on the whole unity factor of, of coming together, you know, cultivating, you know, all of our strong suits and everything we do in you know one powerhouse and and really you know you know make our presence known and, and let our voices be heard i mean you know uh, the direct action i take all the time is i encourage people to you know use cannabis openly you know i go to concerts mm -hmm. here in florida and i hand out joints and i give out all kinds of stuff and and get people <laughs> to be lighting up you know because i think it's power in numbers and and you know, when there's, you know, five, seven thousand people smoking, you know, and the cops really can't, you know, unless they want to riot on their hands, all they can really do is just, you know, stand by right. and, and watch. Um, they you know, clog up the court systems that way, too, and the jails. And oh, my goodness. Yeah, what we've they had do with all those potheads. Yeah, I mean, Michael Minardi here in Florida, he has actually been really, really good. He's a, he's a, an attorney and an advocate. Um, and he has successfully, I think, done four cases this year already high profile cases where he's gotten the charges dismissed um aside from you know some successful jury nullification uh cases that we've had uh with success with here too in the state of florida so you know things like that really do show that the power is you know in the hands of the people so um i know that you um spoke earlier about setting up a, a default, I guess, system to have in place in case ch uh, Child Protective Services or, or, you know, Department of Children Services um, come to your home. Um, aside from, I guess, guardianship or, or, or things like that, is there anything else in that, you know, I know you said about temporary guardianship, is there anything else that a person can put together in, in such a plan and preparation 
uh, to have in place or, you know? Well, the biggest thing is to make sure that the people who are going to be your temporary guardians have access to you and your children. Make sure they know where you live. You know, make sure that they can get there with a phone call. You know, because if there is already a legal document that predates a child custody pickup order, it is impossible for them, you know, to supersede that because the first one goes first. You know, you have already designated that place as where your children go, say, if you were to get in a car accident. You know, I mean, this is just something that parents should have anyway. You know, it's like having godparents. And if have a place for your children to go that are safe, you know, and even have a bag ready for them if they need it. If you really, like, if you're really open about being an advocate and really ready, you know, to face what life is going to throw at you by doing this and what they're going to throw at you, you know, have it ready. Because children go to these places and they don't know anybody, they don't know anything, they don't get anything from home. And like Lindsay in Idaho was saying is, CPS came and took her children and didn't even take their toothbrushes with them, you know, or her son's toys. You know, some children have to have a blankie, you know, at all. Make sure you list those so that your temporary guardian knows what your children need and have it in order. Um, Medications, uh, health history, you know, include it all in their doctor's phone numbers. Because, you know, on a worst-case scenario, they take your children and they throw you in jail. You don't get very many phone calls in jail, you know. Have your attorney's number memorized. Yeah. Have your uh, temporary guardian's numbers memorized so that you can call them immediately. Um, and if you really, really think you're going to get arrested, like you decide you want to go smoke a joint on Front Street every day for a month to make a scene, then, you know, retain an attorney. You know, think ahead. Think of these safety plans. Because um, as a parent, you know, our number one priority is our children and anything to make them safe. Yep, that is true. One thing also, which I, which I will mention, is that, you know, people, if you are having a problem or if you have concerns or questions, reach out to organizations like Moms for Marijuana, Dads for Marijuana, my organization, Cannabis Information Network. You know, I get we get lots of messages all day every day for different you know ranging in everything and we try to answer every single one as, as as best as we can or we refer them to you know experts that that are able to help them um but don't be afraid to reach out to any of the organizations out there because our goal is to help you because by helping you it helps us and it helps the movement in general so don't be afraid to reach out to us and ask for help Um, especially when it comes to, you know, legal matters and your kids, because, you know, they play their games and they, you know, spin their webs and they tell their lies and, and it can be very overwhelming. It can be very, um, confusing and, you know, you can feel like we are here, you know, to help. And we get a lot of requests about it and we not, we never really knew what to do until it hit home. And then, you know, we started a compassion fund and we raised $6,500 in two weeks for, you know, my friends in Idaho. And that got us thinking. So we've started a CPS compassion fund for other people. I mean, it's, there's so many of them. And 
attorneys are so expensive, and yeah. public defenders aren't exactly what you want representing you in a courtroom. Well, I mean, every now and um, again, you know, I, I've had actually have had the opportunity to, to actually meet and talk with a bunch of public defenders, um, you know, and and some of them one advantage about certain public, and I'm definitely not saying by means of the majority, but the advantage is a lot of public defenders, especially the younger ones, are, I guess, the next generation. So they're a little bit more open-minded. So instead of looking at it to be a victory for, they they look at it to defend something that's such, especially when it comes to cannabis cases. Um, What I have found is that the younger, more aggressive, wanting to make a name for themselves will definitely take a person's side most of the time with with cannabis cases right. believe it or not right so don't yeah, dismiss no, not to impugn any yeah don't dismiss a du- public you know, defender uh, yeah don't don't dismiss a public defender. just talk with them first you know it doesn't cost you anything to consult with a public defender if you feel that they're not going to give you your their all then you know definitely reach out to an attorney and yes attorneys are very very expensive um the you biggest know, um concern that I've always had with public defenders and what I have seen is, you know, it's a matter of caseload. Yes. When you have so few public defenders and so many different people who need the um, services of a public defender, they don't exactly have the time to dedicate that, you know, $3,000 makes somebody else dedicate to your case. And, you know, it's, with these funds and anybody who wants to donate, they can find that on our website or anybody who needs help. We can also help in other ways. Right now, the monetary thing is, you know, slow going, but it's the awareness. Yeah, like the monetary the thing is... In your network, yeah. we can help share those stories about what go what is going on with your family and help you find the support that you need in your area. Yeah. The monetary thing is is definitely challenging. Fundraising is, is definitely hard. I mean, we had <laughs> we had somebody that that reached out to us and and they sent me PDF copies of their attorney's bills and everything fighting um, a, a case, um, and they had somewhere close to twenty six thousand dollars in in attorney fees. And you know, this is just a family that's trying to to a not be tore apart, b be able to keep their job and not become you know, criminals and unemployed, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's kind of like a catch-22. They got, you know, 20 plus dollars $26,000 in legal fees, you know, which is some 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 people's salary, in you know, in a year. Right. Um, you know, you have two, you know, parents that are making minimum wage or maybe just above minimum wage. You know, they're just barely getting by, and now they're fighting to keep their family together. And it's called, you know, and they reach out to, you know, organizations like mine, like, hey, can you help us out? You know, can you raise some money? So on and so forth. And, you know, I wish I wish there was, like, a fund that we can dip into to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, we'll help you out, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I always, I always hope for that, you know, angel or that big, you know, billionaire is going to come in and be like, all right, well, here you go. We're going to donate this and you'll be able to do it. So, I, you know, I'd be able, love to be able to help everybody that, you know, reaches out, you know, to right. me and to us. It would be, it would be awesome. But, uh, yeah. Wouldn't def- it be nice to have a fund to help people get medicine when they yeah. can't afford it? Yeah, it would be so awesome. So many people reach out who have yeah. cancer and they would yeah. try Rick Simpson oil, but I, it's so expensive and I they ha- can't get it because it's on the black market. All I can say is I help people whenever I can. Um, I probably definitely give away much more than anything. I, I definitely give away much more than I get. That is for sure. And I I, I definitely help people. Uh, you know, I, I'll put it out there. 
if somebody truly needs my help, I will find a way to help them. I don't care right. where they where they are or, or what it is. If you really need, you know, our help, reach out and and I'll find a way to help you. <laughs> you know, yeah, make it sure. possible. You know, that's just the way it is. So, um, well. I think we're going to come to a conclusion of tonight's show since we're approaching 10 o'clock here um, on the East Coast. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for uh, taking your time and, and talking with us um, here this evening. Oh, and, uh, anytime. Uh, thank we, you. you know, um, what, are, are you doing any, you have any events coming up that you know, Monster Marijuana is going to be at or anything that, that's happening on your calendar that you want to share with anybody? Um. Well, summer's coming, so there's all sorts of festivals starting, and we have a lot of new chapters, so we're trying to get out there. Um, with the warmer weather, we're thinking about doing some more chalk walks. I'm not sure if you've heard about those last year. Um, we just we inc- we meet up in our community and walk around and chalk cannabis facts onto the sidewalk. That's awesome. It is a First Amendment protected right, even though it's in chalk. Right. So it. You know, that'll be a lot of fun. Seattle Hemp Fest, of course. And I do believe that we're going to be having a quilt conference sometime this summer and have a viewing of the United States panel that was returned um, to us. That's awesome. From Texas. So, well, I guess for more information, people can go and check out uh, you guys on Facebook. It's uh, Moms for Marijuana, I think. on You know, you look up Moms for Marijuana on Facebook. Um and also you got moms moms for marijuana.org is our website website. and or just google us we're the only ones (laughs) so um well thank you again appreciate it um if anything if i don't see you beforehand i'll definitely see you at uh seattle hempfest um as i will be there this year as i have been in the past years um looking forward to it it should definitely be an interesting one this year um definitely a biggie i guess almost as good as 420 in denver so I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited about it. I feel like a kid in a candy shop. You know, every time I get a chance to leave Florida and go to a state that, you know, I'm not so oppressed in, it's always, it's always exciting. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I, I just moved up to Washington last week, and this feeling of relief of just knowing that you can't even be ticketed yeah. for having it, it just... No doubt. It's unreal. It's like I feel the same way. I just got back from, from a quick trip to Colorado. And, right. you know, it's like you, you land. And as I was saying, when I did Tuesday night show, it's like you get off the plane. And it's almost like a weight's lifted from you. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's hard to explain. Like it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's hard to explain. But it's a very cool sensation. All right. Well, again, thank you. It was uh, great talking with you, Sarah. That was Sarah Frank with uh, Moms for Marijuana International. You can learn more about Moms for Marijuana at momsformarijuana.org. Um, this is David with Cannabis Network Radio. Um, wishing everyone a good evening. Thank you very much for listening, and everyone have a good and safe night.